Hi everyone, welcome back to my channel. My name is Peter Barber. I am primarily a professional opera singer, music producer, and bass vocalist. I have relaunched my interview series slash podcast called Vocal Arts with Peter Barber. And this morning I had the pleasure, bright and early, of speaking with Lauren Paley, the stairwell siren. We had an absolutely wonderful chat, got way into her career, you know, her life before social media, her whole career on social media, what it's like to have a following of over 12 million people, not a joke, that is actually how many followers she has across YouTube, uh, TikTok, and Instagram primarily. Absolutely insane numbers. Got to talk about the pros and cons of that, got to talk about how she got into that, all her thoughts on everything related to that, her background in musical theater, her family life, so many things. It was truly a wonderful, fulfilling, valuable conversation, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. So please enjoy, if you will, my conversation this morning with the stairwell siren, Lauren Paley. So anyway, let's let's dive in. Um, let's so do it. Everyone, uh, welcome to the show. Here we have Lauren Paley, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to Lauren and let her give kind of a, a quick elevator pitch as to who she is and what oh, she's no. up to. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Lauren. I mean, I might be known to you as the stairwell siren for my covers in the garage stairwell. It kind of all happened during the pandemic. My husband and I were living in a small one bedroom apartment and he went full time remote. And that meant that I couldn't sing <laughs> in in the apartment while he was working anymore because he was on the phone constantly. So one day I was just actually taking our dog outside through the garage stairwell and started singing like I naturally do. And I was like, oh my gosh, these acoustics are insane. Like, what if I just started coming in here for fun? And there were a few times where I just like recorded myself really quickly in there. And then I was like, you know, I think I'm going to come back in here and maybe just like sit and sing just for fun. And then I started recording myself, like doing longer bits, filming like TikTok videos and posting it. And it just kind of became a thing. And I started posting more and people were like, you need to post on YouTube. Like we want full length versions of this. So I was like, okay. So I started doing that and built up my YouTube and my social platforms. And now I'm here. I had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I post a lot of singing, but also lifestyle uh, content, kind of sharing, you know, my family with, with online. Um, and yeah, Great, fantastic. I'm a, a little uh, before all of this, I uh, have a BFA degree in musical theater from Boston Conservatory. So I am a theater kid at heart. I've been singing my pretty much my entire life. Uh, my mom said I was singing before I could really speak, like singing along to Barney. Um, <laughs> and so I, after school, I decided instead of moving to New York City, like everybody else was, I was going to move to Nashville, Tennessee, because I wanted to be a songwriter. So I do have some uh, songwriting, a little songwriting pass. I did a a major in musical theater, but I did a uh, emphasis in songwriting my junior and senior year. 
So that's kind of where I wanted to go with my music career. Um, and when I got here, I realized that everybody was a country singer and I wasn't. And when I played out in bars, I felt like I stuck out in a bad way. I was singing mm. pop music and it just wasn't really clicking with people. They were really like overlooking it. So I kind of got down on myself and decided to stop. And I actually started a, a company with my mom and we made low carb uh, cookies and pancake mix. So oh, it took a completely different turn. I don't really talk about that often, but that was a, a couple years of my life where music was kind of just the hobby that I did. Like when I had nothing else to do, I would be, pick out my ukulele and play a little bit just, you know, for fun, just to revisit old memories. Yeah. Um, and then the health stuff was, took the forefront. And wow. then during the pandemic, it kind of made me realize and revisit like, no, this is what I want to do with my life. This is always what I've wanted to do with my life. And now I get to perform for people online and also be a full-time mom and do all the other cool things, but still focus on music. Fantastic. So, all right, there's, there's the whole all thing. over the place. Yeah. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to, I was writing a few things down that we can go back and, and pick through. Um, so yeah, I mean, one thing I was really curious about was your, your background in singing and like whatever training you've had. Um, there are plenty of people who have, you know, gone viral on these social media platforms who have no training whatsoever. And they just kind of have, you know, a gift and they just kind of run with it. You obviously right. have a gift as well, but you've actually done some some formal training on it. So when you're when you're yeah. when you're working as a musical theater singer, um, I assume you're predominantly working in that style, working on like the really kind of that speech style singing with like working on the belting, like really extending that that full chest range up. Um, oh yeah. And then as we hear in the the stairwell siren type stuff, it's like really high head voice like up into all, like the whistle tones sometimes. So how does your musical theater training kind of factor into what you've done uh, on social media? Fun fact, I actually sing alto throughout college. Um, well, you have a, you have a lower <laughs> speaking voice. Yeah. So it's it, cool that you have, it's cool that you have access to the really high stuff as well. It's funny. Cause I didn't really think I could sing very high. Like my entire life, I was like, no, I'm an alto through and through, like chest yeah. voice, like belty stuff. Not even, I mean, in college, I, I was working on a high belt. That was like the goal to get like some really, really good, like scrappy belt. Oh, it's the best. Especially <laughs> for like the musical theater, like powerhouse songs. I really yeah, wanted just to like... focus on that. I didn't want to sing legit style. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, but honestly, like when I started playing around in the stairwell, the the high stuff, I would just like sing and just, I didn't even know these notes could really come out of me, but I was like, why not? Like I'm alone in this like sterile with crazy acoustics. Let's try to get up there. Let's try to sing some stuff that like I normally wouldn't. And let's try to do some eerie, like siren-esque sounding things. So I would just try that stuff and I was like wait like I can hit these notes 
I didn't think I could, but then that's what I started singing in there. And I feel like I honestly trained myself in there to hit these higher notes. I would use my um, like musical theater techniques to get up into that register and my legit training that I was, I don't want to say forced to do in, <laughs> in theater school, but all of those tools that I had to hit those belts, those really high belts I used to get into that really high part of my register. So all of that training definitely came in handy. And to be honest, I haven't taken a voice lesson in a long time, which I need to, because I firmly believe like the voice is a muscle and you just have to like keep working it. You should never stop taking voice lessons. Which, 100%. So I need to, I need to call my uh, old voice teacher. <laughs> she be like, who is this? <laughs> but you can never, you can never practice too much, but yeah. So those notes, and I'm sure people that I went to school with are like watching my videos, like who, what? <laughs> like, that's not how she's saying in school. So I'm yeah. confused, but yeah, it was just kind of practicing and getting out of my comfort zone yeah. and just, just keeping working that muscle. Well, it sounds that it sounds, it sounds natural. Like it doesn't sound like you're really forcing your way up there. Like obviously there's effort because it's Thank super, you. you're singing a super high range, but the notes are there. Like they're not, mm -hmm. you're not faking it. Um, and I remember there were some lines in the collaboration you did with the bass gang where you had to be speaking, like it had to be clear enough up there. They had to, the diction had to be clear enough, which mm -hmm. is really rare because it can go into like the voice science of why it's hard to actually sing text way up in your range, either high chest or really high um, in your head voice. And there were lines where you had to be like really clear. I can't remember the lines off the top <laughs> of my head. I was going to sing them, were... but I was like, no, it's 8 a.m. <laughs> like, don't do that to everybody. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you to, <laughs> but yeah, like really, really high. And you have enough comfort up there and enough access to those notes where you can even have clear diction while you're way up there. So an interesting stat, an inter <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, an interesting stat for you. Um, this I found this fascinating. So when I was when I did my master's at USC, um, I was a TA and I taught like a basic voice science class and I taught um, undergrads voice lessons, like whatever style they wanted to learn. I would generally try to get them towards classical because this is like a really good foundation for like breath support and vocal strength and all that. Absolutely. But if you pull, if you pull a class, if you pull like a large group of like undergrad, like young ladies, and they say, what voice type do you think there are? 70% plus will say they're mezzos, like the lower version of the operatic female mm -hmm. voice type. Once they actually start training, 90% of them turn out, turn out to be sopranos. Mm -hmm. Because you feel before you've really, because everyone speaks in their natural chest voice. Yep. And, and at least in operatic singing or this high head voice you're doing, that's like an unnatural register to be operating in. And yeah. so you don't know what you can do there until you start training that. I remember similar to your voice type, had you gone down the operatic route, um, my friend Gracie Gardner, who was at USC when I was there, really low speaking voice. You would think she was like a contralto in opera. Wow. And she was a high like lyric coloratura so like really high really fast moving stuff was like her specialty and you would never have guessed that in her speaking voice because it's just so different how the that makes so much sense though like yeah that i because i thought alto for my entire life honestly it's really hard when people ask me what my voice type is 
because I don't really like to put my voice in a box like that. Like for a while I did. And then I was like, no, but I can sing these other parts. I don't think uh, this is, this is a hill I will absolutely die on. This is, I'm in this huge discord server with a bunch of like young bass singers who are, they'll be 17 years old and calling themselves like really specific operatic voice types. And I'm like, yeah, you really, you really only need to worry about specific voice types. I think in, in opera, because if you're, if you're operating outside your lane there, you can really run into vocal trouble. Oh yeah. You know, you, you know, it's like we're yell yell singing for three hours, no microphones over Whole an orchestra. Whole different ball game. Oh my if, gosh. If you're trying to sing the wrong repertoire, you can really get yourself in a mess. And it's really not even like young opera singers don't even really need to be like, I'm a lyric this or I'm a dramatic that. Like you have to like have your technique fully settled, you know, probably right. for like a decade or so of training. So I'm I'm right there with you. I think like if you can comfortably sing a bunch of different styles and a bunch of different ranges, like there's no need to call yourself, oh, I'm a soprano and that's it. For sure. Um, I'm just a singer. I'm a versatile singer. I can do utility stuff. I can do solo stuff. Like it, right. it's whatever. I think that was the main issue I had um, during college because my teachers would tell us like, you have to go in, like you have to put yourself, they really wanted you to put yourself in a box. Like, who are you? Are you the ingenue? Are you going to go for those roles? Yeah. Are you the, you know, funny, like, best friend type of role where you're singing the, the chesty, belty stuff? Yeah. Uh, and I just hated that. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to. I, I don't know what what I am. And yeah. I did put myself in the box during school. And I think that's why. I wasn't necessarily successful out of college because I just thought in, in one genre and one vocal type and didn't think out of that. Like I didn't think that I could do anything else. So musical theater is also really tricky for that reason in undergrad, because for musical theater, I mean, it is like do your undergrad and move to New York. Yep. So like, you get there and you've got four years to figure out how do I get hired in like major theaters as a 22 year old? No one is thinking like, no one's thinking like that in the opera world. So like academia also, they do, everyone loves to pigeonhole in academia. You got to see that firsthand in the musical theater department. They do the same thing in opera, but fortunately for in the opera world, there's an understanding that it takes a long time to be ready for the major stages, just like develop the power and vocal maturity to sing in the major houses. So there's a bit less pressure in your undergrad. It's usually just like, let's build your voice. Let's see what's comfortable as opposed to like, you're going to be singing this role in Wicked and nothing else, you know, for 20 years. (laughs) It's crazy because they'll be like, oh, you're a term they use is green. Like when you're performing yeah. for like the casting directors in college, like, oh, well, you're a little green for this role. You know, you're <laughs> you're young. But then the switch is so fast. It's like, okay, you're really green, but like then a couple of years passes, they're like, Oh, you're too old. Yeah. It's like, where is that that sweet spot? I don't know. But I remember my teachers being like, If you're not planning on moving to New York, why are you here? Like if you're yeah. not, then just be done, drop out. Right. Yeah. I'm like, uh, because I want (laughs) musical theater, like having that training is so valuable for, for 
any other type of performing as well. Like I don't just have to go to New York and try to be on Broadway, although that is the goal for most people. I've found success doing this Mm -hmm. and just all of the knowledge that I had from that four years has helped me so much. So I don't think that you have to go to New York, but that's just me. So, <laughs> no, but anyway, no. I mean, young musical theater kids are listening, but New York is an amazing place and Broadway is an amazing goal. So, right. And like, yeah, if young and ambitious, go for it. Give it, yeah. give it your shot. If that's what you want to do. Of course. Um, I've had a number of, so the, the musical theater department at my undergrad was actually really, really strong. So there were, there were a number of guys who I was in an acapella group with and who were in, you know, saw the productions of that did make it to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, wow. like pretty soon after undergrad, but there were some other ones that were like, they're doing it. They're finding some success, some success, but then they hit like late twenties, like my age now I'm 29 and they're like deciding like, okay, I've given it the shot. Now I think it's time to kind of pivot into something else. Like mm-hmm. find a, find a way to keep using these skills, go into teaching, be a professor or go into something completely different. If you want to yeah. you know, just like find a new path completely in life. Uh, sure. But it's a real thing. The, the shelf life is the shelf life is kind of crazy for for musical unfortunately, theater. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, I do know. I I just turned thirty. I say I just turned thirty. I turned thirty in January. But <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have thirty and a half. That, yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh oh, uh, it's going by too fast. Um, <laughs> I have friends that are just now booking Broadway from when we graduated. So also. I mean, there is a shelf life, I think, for some roles, but I feel like it's also never too late. There's also those, you know, those roles that we couldn't play when we were in college that like the dream roles, uh, a little bit older characters. Um, I really don't think it's ever too late and you can continue to audition if that's what you want to do. But maybe that's just me saying it because I'm 30 and... I <laughs> no. Want, maybe I want that now. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's true. I'll I'll be I'll be thirty in August. So I'm fall, falling up shortly after. Um, but yeah, no, and I I think in musical theater too, they they it seems like they cast closer to how like film acting is. Mm-hmm. At least in, like yeah. if if they want a really young kid, you can kind of you can find young singers that can perform on a big stage in musical theater, especially because there's amplification. And, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So you can find a teenager or, a, or an undergrad singer that can do that. Um, for opera, the ages are completely whacked. Like, I don't, if you've heard of the opera Carmen, I'm sure you've heard of, yeah. of tunes yeah. from it. She's supposed to be like a 14, yeah. to 16 year old girl that's just like super seductive and like works in a cigarette factory and all this. And it's usually played by like a 42 year old. Yeah, right. Because like right. you, because it's a, it's a like a dramatic vocal role. And you, you just, you will never find a 14 year old opera singer that could handle that on a big stage. No, that's the, what I do love about the stage though. It is way more forgiving in that sense. So like a 30 year old could play an 18 year old and totally. us as the audience would forgive it because it's the stage, you know, exactly. We're, we're just there for the ride. But on, on film, I do think like, okay, this 30 year old is playing 18 year old. Like when Ben Platt played, Evan Hansen in the film, yeah. even though he is Evan Hansen, you know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. everyone was like, he looks old. Like, <laughs> let's, let's just forgive it this time because it's still musical theater. Yeah. And yeah. We love Ben Platt, but we do. Yeah. That's why I love the stage. 
you do you do see that i mean like disney channel like everyone in the in high school on the disney channel is like 25 oh yeah <laughs> at that's least, always you so know. funny to me <laughs> yeah and movies where like these these teenagers are actually like developed like 30 yeah. year old women well, you, i'm you like think, okay you think like um like john travolta playing danny oh, Greece. in greece Greece is the funniest thing because you know growing up i thought that's what a teenager looked like yeah and like, <laughs> like no rizzo was not a teen <laughs> oh no, no no not even close that <laughs> greece is so funny to me i just watched so it a great f- musical yeah i just rewatched it a few months ago it's 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 brilliant but i did mm-hmm. notice that i was just like wait a second like danny still probably looks older than i do now yeah <laughs> and i got out of high school 11 years ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny um so what was your social media like before you started posting was it was it there at all so i've always kind of since instagram started i always yeah, kind yeah. of posted on social media just for fun like pictures of food and like silly things and when stories came out i loved stories like i've always loved to share on the internet but back then it was just sharing with, you know, people who followed me, like my friends yeah. um, and just <laughs> pictures of myself and friends and traveling and stuff like that. And I would even post, I've been posting little covers on Instagram since like the video feature started. So there used to be like a feature similar to like Vine or TikTok where you could film in little segments and it was only like, I forget how long Instagram allowed videos for, but I would do mini covers or just play like a couple lines in that and like post it. And like, no one was seeing it, but it was still a part of my life. Like music was such a huge part of me that I would just share that stuff. And I shared, even when I was not doing music, I would share like little things here and there, but it wasn't really, uh, there wasn't a goal behind it to like reach anybody. It was just kind of like part of me and anyone that knew me and grew up with me, they knew I was a singer and musician. They're like, Oh, Lauren, she's always going to be singing and posting about it. <laughs> but it didn't really get serious until I downloaded TikTok in 2019, actually pre pandemic. Okay. And I remember back then it was like kind of a frowned upon app. Like, not everyone had it yet. People thought it was like funny and kind of stupid. They're like, oh, TikToker. Like that's for little kids. Yeah. So I remember just downloading it and like posting a couple silly videos. And I remember the first video I ever went viral for. And back then viral was like, I think I did hit a million views on that video and that was mind blowing. Well, that's wild. Was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I am famous. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the silliest video of me singing a Lizzo song in a Disney princess voice. And if I watch it right now, I like cringe so hard. It is so painful. <laughs> but when I got a lot of views on that, I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe I should start posting more on TikTok. And I shared it on Instagram and people were like, ha ha ha. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. <laughs> different vibe. Different oh yeah. People vibe. were like, you have a TikTok. Okay. Like <laughs> that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> and I just didn't care. Honestly, I kept posting. I kept building up my following 
And that's why I think I kind of had a leg up over, you know, most people that downloaded the app later. So I already established a following before it got popular. So I was ahead of the game in that sense, which I feel like I'm never ahead of the game. So I was pretty <laughs> proud of myself there. And then now people that made fun of me when I downloaded TikTok, now they ask me for advice on how to grow on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So I just think that's it's hilarious. It's going to good. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm like, it's it's a fun... Now I feel like it's more fun than, than all the other platforms. Yeah. It's hilarious. And while a lot of my friends still don't have a TikTok, they, they'll send me like all the videos from TikTok on Instagram. And I'm like, dude, dude, I saw that like three months ago. <laughs> like, you are being such a millennial right now. <laughs> so you, do you, you keep up, you spend time on TikTok beyond, beyond the posting. Like you kind of know. I'll mindlessly cool. scroll. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm aware of like some trend, like trends, I like trending sounds. I don't really participate in trends, to be honest, just because it's not like occasionally maybe here and there I'll do like a little video to a sound. It's just something funny. Um, but I mainly post, you know, my my singing content on there. Yeah. And now that like Little Mermaid, for example, is going like viral because of the new movie, like taking those kind of things and turning in them into what I post, like singing yeah. those songs or doing a little like scaring my neighbors segment, because that's something that's become popular is I'll go in the stairwell and sing scary songs until somebody walks in and <laughs> scare them. Um, that's become super, super fun to do. But yeah, just kind of taking the trends and making them a little bit more my niche. That's awesome. So that's kind of, so that's mainly how you decide which content to do is like you maybe find something that's popular, but you you do it in a way that's not just like slavishly following the trend. Yes, like I'm just going to post a bunch of crap because this thing is popular. It's like this thing is popular, but I'm going to take it and do it in my For own. For sure. I way. don't I get kind of annoyed when I see people doing the same video like a million times just because they saw it go viral and they're like, Oh, I'm going to do that same video. I'm like, then what do you gain from that? Like you mm -hmm. might get a lot of views, but like you can't feel proud about something that has no <laughs> originality to it really. So yeah, it's, I, I get a lot of inspiration from, from trends, but also comments, honestly, like, and like my fan base, my followers suggesting things, I've learned so much music just from requests like when the yeah. comment feature that where you could reply to comments on TikTok that came out like probably years ago. But that was how I built up my following. I was basically just taking song requests throughout the pandemic. Like I was just performing for people based on what they <laughs> wanted to hear. Learning music, I sing a lot of stuff that I would have never, never learned if it weren't for yeah. TikTok like video game soundtrack, movie soundtracks. Like I'm not a gamer. Um, my husband is, but I'm definitely not. But now I can appreciate all the amazing music. Oh, that, yeah. Um, the soundtracks are oh phenomenal. And that's where I found a lot of success is just singing soundtracks to video games. 
they're yeah. so epic. I'm like now I want to sing on a video game. That's like one of yeah. my one of my goals. I also am not a gamer, but uh, love gaming music. Like some of the best music is gaming music. Absolutely. I'm um, surely you know or have maybe you've been on a song with him before. Call him McGinnis. Yes, I have. Um, I love so him. <laughs> he, he's great, and he so he does that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is composes for video games. Oh, does he? Um, How did I not know this? <laughs> he, like his main thing is a composer, um, which very few people know about him because he kind of blew up because of singing and doing like the yeah. bass sea shanty stuff. Yeah. But like he is a is a genius what composer. What the heck? I yeah. can't believe I didn't know this. I did a little collab with him and Bobby for on Odeth right. around Halloween right. time. Yeah. And I feel like him and I have done, we were on certainly see colors yeah. yeah like and we duetted each other on tiktok like we're social media friends like i feel like yeah. i know him but i yeah. don't <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a great guy i finally got to because we kind of met at the start of the pandemic when all the yeah like i was starting to do stuff on tiktok but i could ne- i could never get into it i just couldn't follow a trend couldn't make myself post i was just like the opera thing and the youtube Hard. like those are my two love it yeah you know um, but but you're good got, at that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I finally got to meet Colin when I went out to LA for a voice competition. And we like mm-hmm. went out to like a whiskey bar and just like shot I the shit that. for three hours. And it was, it was really fun to like, get to meet, get to meet the guy. Yeah. He is, he is, he's got like madman energy and he's so he's positive. Funny. He's really, <laughs> he really funny. <laughs> he sent me voice memos yeah. and I would just, his accent is just so thick. And he's just so funny. Like I would listen to them and be like, this guy is hilarious. And like re-listen to them and just laugh. He is. Just hilarious. Yeah, he's absolutely hilarious. Uh so while we're on social media, what are like the biggest pros and cons for you having a big social media following? Um pros. <laughs> there's there's so many pros yeah. being able to like top, top few yeah i'd say make a living doing what i love is the number one yeah. like my schedule is flexible i post on social media and have now built up my social media enough to be able to work with brands get brand partnerships um and make a living that way which is the absolute dream and yeah. sometimes it's nice to speak this out loud because i have to remind myself during the hard days like i still even though i haven't slept in 11 months <laughs> i still <laughs> am living the dream um another pro is connection with people that i would have never connected before just getting positive feedback talking to followers that have been inspired by me um, just what they have to say is just so amazing. Um, just being able to make somebody's day better is just a beautiful yeah. thing. There's a Absolutely. lot of pros. There's also a lot of cons. I, <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to think of more pros. Um, social media is just really cool. Like I am... I would say social media friends with a lot of people that I would have never met like before. Absolutely. Yeah. Even people that I consider to be on the more like well-known side, like famous, like mm-hmm. for example, 
Christy Carlson Romano, who was like Kim Possible. Like her and I are social media friends now because of TikTok. <laughs> and like Paris Hilton follows me. Like things that are just so <laughs> crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, just 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 so wild. And the collaborations, like for example, with you guys and the bass mm-hmm. gang and voice play for me. And I'm talking to a few other amazing YouTube artists about doing collaborations as well. So just being able to connect with other artists as well as followers is really cool. I've, I've also made a lot of really good friends with my followers too, like really close. We send each other stuff, like just have been following since, you know, I got pregnant and just, Mm -hmm. I feel like they know my baby, like (laughs) just good people that really genuinely care about me and, want the best for me is is really awesome like it, i feel like i have a lot of friends <laughs> because that's, of it yeah that's great um so those are the pros to it and did you ask me for cons like i, I don't did, know if we're I in did. that okay no let's go cons, there <laughs> um one comment can literally just ruin your entire day and as much as you want it not to, like people are like, oh, don't let that like affect you. It's just one person. The other day I let it affect me for some reason. Mm-hmm. You can get some really mean comments. Yeah. That just completely make you start overthinking your entire life. It's terrible are that, really that, mean. that the random person can have that power. Just, oh, yeah. I'm gonna, just, I'm going to jump in just for a second. I, yeah. I find it to. De- it just depends on my mental state when I get the comment. Yes. Like most of the 100%. time nowadays, I really am feeling great. I'm excited about a lot of things. I feel bulletproof if these shitty comments come in. That's most of the time. But once in a while, mm-hmm. one will slip through or it'll be a, a certain kind of comment that bothers me. It might even not, might even be like a super mean comment. It just might have some angle to it. Yeah. That like, yeah. Like, that's what you take away from this video. Right. And it'll, right. And it'll get it's in there. It's almost worse. I'm like, I'd rather you just roast me than just yeah, like exactly. that one thing. Yeah. Some of those are hilarious. Like some of the roast yeah. comments are, are honestly hilarious. Oh, yeah. I like anyway. will read them out loud and just laugh sometimes. Yeah. Like, this is so ridiculous that it's funny. Like I'm not yeah, even like, offended. Like I'm it's like, just hilarious. What, what is going on in your life to make you want to comment that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Okay. Pump the I brakes. Have no idea. I've honestly had to be really careful about reading my comments, especially during like my postpartum period. Cause there's so many like um, hormonal oh highs and lows, a lot of lows, especially when you're not getting a- enough sleep. Yeah. So I have tried to stay out of my comments as much as possible, but here and there I'll open the app and like the comment it'll just like appear and I'll Mm -hmm. read it and I'll get really really upset and (sighs) angry and just how can people be so mean and that that doesn't make you that makes you want to stop creating content in that moment it just takes away all inspiration that you might have yeah and then there's people that you know they assume things about you they perceive you in a, a light that you don't want to be perceived mm-hmm. in. Yep. Um, yep. There's, you just can't win on social media. You, you can't do anything right. <laughs> you know, there's always <laughs> going to be something that people find 
wrong because they they're looking for it you know sometimes as oh. many people that want you to succeed there's also a lot of people that want you to fail too just because they're unhappy with exactly life. that's generally so, how i try to frame it yeah. it's like if i'm getting mean comments this is actually not even about me no. this is about someone trying to get some kind of significance or power yes. or cutting someone else down to lift them up. Like if I can comment this mean thing on this person who has this huge following that gives me some kind of yes. significance in the situation. For sure. Um, and cancel culture. I hate. Oh my God. It's just, Brutal. I just watched yeah. so many, so much cancel culture. I feel like throughout the pandemic too, that was just since we were all online, we were all like, getting people really famous oh, really fast and then yeah. people had to find a way to just like bring them just, down. <laughs> so I was just watching like kind of like biting my fingernails. Who's like, next? Who's, who's next? next? I know. It was yeah. the witch hunt. It was the witch hunt. Really, really scary. I hate that. How people can just like switch up like that. And yeah. like putting, having like a family and for now I am not hiding my baby from like she's still like in my videos mm -hmm. but that can change too like yeah. just some comments I get sometimes make me want to just shelter her and just never show her to the world <laughs> like yeah. and I'll get comments like if I'm just filming a video singing with to her I'll get like child exploitation comments all this stuff like people would be like how you're disgusting like <laughs> you're exploiting your child and like calling me names and c commenting on how I'm dressing. And it's like, it's just it's oh ridiculous things and commenting on how I am as a mother. I'm like, you don't know me. <laughs> and it, that, that kind of stuff makes me second, like guess, like if I should even put her in my videos anymore, but like said, these like these people are just unhappy and like looking yeah. for reasons to decide they want to hate me. Because most of my content right now it's pretty PG. It's also awesome. there's really nothing crazy. Yeah, there's nothing crazy going on. A lot of the times I'll share wholesome moments that I experience with my family, whether it's like surprising. Like I surprised my dad with my baby. He hadn't met her yet. I saw and that he one. Showed up that was Texas, really sweet. And I really actually sweet. had to turn off. I decided to turn off comments on YouTube. I think it was because I was getting the nastiest comments about just like how I was holding her. People were like going crazy because <sighs> they said I wasn't like supporting her head. And I'm like, at that point, she could actually hold her head up. And I was still supporting her with the back of my arm, like supporting her head. But I was getting attacked, like brutally attacked. So I was like, okay, like I can't deal with this. And on Facebook, I get attacked pretty often, but I leave those. I, I just leave it. I'm like, <laughs> you guys can just talk about me in the comments. I will yeah. just scroll away. <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, you kind of have to. I mean, I that. I mean, I. So I don't. I don't scroll on my social media hardly at all. That's honestly great. Like, and, if and you're not, you, you don't really have to. You can post, and then sometimes you can just leave. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's the it's the Joe Rogan approach, even though his following is astronomical much more understand much more understandable for him but yeah just basically post only instagram i use because like a lot of my best friends are on instagram and i like yeah seeing what they're up to and sending messages back and forth um but yeah i mean the hate i mean listen you you are a beautiful woman you've got you. a baby like a very it seems like a very happy family life and you've got all this success on social media I and mean, you are like 
the ultimate target for these trolls in the comment section to go after. So just like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, okay, like these people just suck. <laughs> okay, so that's con number. That's con yeah. number one. <laughs> oh, that was only one con. <laughs> I guess oh that, was, that was probably all. Just basically all of it, right? I mean. Yeah, the, another the con thing. I feel like is it's easy to get sucked into constantly feeling like you need to stay relevant and posting mm. and it can drive you insane. Yeah. Like it's hard to step away and for instance like go on a vacation because there's fear that when you come back you're going to be irrelevant. It's like you need and I know a lot of fellow content creator friends feel the same way. Like they can't go, they can't take a break. It's like you constantly yeah. feel like you need to keep pumping out content and keep posting. Cause when you work for yourself in that sense, like it's not like you can clock out or like get paid vacation time. It's like a, yeah. you have to, you have to keep posting. Otherwise you can, lose followers or you stop, you know, making, making money, which is a lot of people's fear. Like you're not posting content. So brands lose interest or you stop, you know, making money on YouTube, you stop getting as many views and stuff like that. So that's another con. It's like you can turn into a workaholic a lot easier, but also there's a popularity aspect in that. So it's mm -hmm. like, it's just it can drive people absolutely crazy do you feel there's different pressure on the different platforms as far as like how much you have to keep yes. posting it feels like tiktok's like a move fast and break things kind of platform. tiktok is known for if you stop posting your videos will kind of like tank yeah. like if you don't keep posting your the algorithm will like slow down for you like that's what people that's the word out on the street I have taken, I kind of beg to differ in that sense. Like I've taken a significant break from TikTok before and then come back. And yeah, while things might move slower at first, if you jump back into it and like start posting regularly again, the people that follow you and supported you will always be there and they'll come yeah. back and then new people will find you again. But it's just, it's just hard. And, and there is, a lot of pressure to continue <clears throat> posting and then do you, sorry, do, go ahead. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you feel do you feel like this is a question i i know i have felt and i'm not even that deep in the kind of fast-paced social media like i said youtube's like youtube's like the opera career it's just like super long it's just like mm -hmm. just keep keep grinding away just keep yeah. grinding away but like there's not as much of a time pressure um do you find because this is something I don't like is if if I'm on social media more, I will find myself out in life doing things and I'll be doing something and I'll be thinking about how to post about it. Yeah. And like and I and it will it will be taking up real estate in my brain as far as like or I'll have something coming up in the future and I'm like, oh, I can make this. But I'm like, shut up. Like, just yes. like just be just there. Live in the if, moment. if you want to post about it later, then you post about it later. But do you ever get caught up in those kinds of. Thoughts. Of course, being present is really hard. You actually have to make yourself be present when you're a person that, you know, is a social media personality. It's like 
you see all these wholesome moments being filmed on TikTok, but those moments you're viewing because they were filmed. It's like those people, while I'm sh- while we were present in the moment, there was still that you yeah. know voice in the back of our head that said, you know, take out your phone, phone and film yeah. this because you want you want to share this, like yeah. you want people to see this, and that it, it's it does kind of suck, honestly. <laughs> like I wish that I didn't feel like it's sad because like I want to share all of these things, but part of me wishes that I could just, you know, have a cameraman in my life that just like sat there and just filmed the happy moments. So I wouldn't have to think about it so that I could just live in them and not have to plan out how I was going to get that angle or how I'm going to edit that. You know, it's like, it's, it's sad in that way. And I do get jealous kind of of my husband sometimes because he absolutely lives in the moment 24 yeah. seven. Yeah. Not once has he ever thought like, how could I film this? How can I like make this? He just lives in cute moments. Like his life is just cute moments with our baby that I'll like <clears throat> see yeah. and I'll be like, this is so cute and I'll live in it. But then I'll like film a little bit of it because I don't yeah. want to miss it. And I'm like, I kind of wish I had that for myself. Like, I wish I had a me. (laughs) me. Because he just gets me getting all the good stuff of him, which is great. And I do like having a partner that's not really in the social media. I think that's cool. I think that would drive me insane. Yeah. Because I know people that are, I am not super, yes, I post. Yes, I stay active. But I am not obsessive when it comes to getting content filmed and posting. Like I will gladly just go about the weekend and not think about, not think about it. Like I'll go out and enjoy my day and maybe snap a few pictures here and there just for memories. But I know people that it's 24 seven, like they are working to get content pumped out. So they get burned Mm -hmm. out really easily. They stop enjoying their life too. Yeah. You really have to find a healthy balance. And that's another con. It's like there's so much opportunity that can present itself on social media, but at the same time, you have to enjoy your life and stay like healthy mentally. Yeah. You know? so. Comple- completely agreed. I mean, I have like a notoriously low screen time on my phone because I just don't like that's great dealing with it. And there were there was a period of like six months during the pandemic when it was less than an hour a day. Wow. <laughs> Just like that's not, like probably a record. <laughs> just like not on it, and I think now it's probably like two hours or so. Um, yeah. But I like because you know with the YouTube thing, it's much more laptop based. Yeah. If I interact on Patreon, it's laptop based. If I'm on Discord, I'd rather be on my laptop. If I'm answering emails, I'd rather be on my laptop. Just like everything, yeah. I feel much more comfortable. And I don't feel like a little gremlin if I'm like yeah. on my laptop. <laughs> you yeah, know, um, which I think is helpful. Like I find if I'm on my phone more, I feel my mental health deteriorating, even if yeah, I'm doing there this. is literally a, an addiction there. Like I'll be on my phone and I'll find myself like my mind is saying, hey, you can you should stop scrolling like this is crazy. <laughs> But then I'll keep scrolling and be like, just a few more <laughs> videos. Like there, it's it's the addiction. best ones coming. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not great, but <laughs> so that's definitely a con. Okay. Um, and I know there's there's so many more there's, cons there's, and, yeah. and pros. There, yeah. there's more on both things. sides. All right, yeah. Let's um, 
So what is your your favorite project you've done so far? It, it could be a series of projects or something something you've done that you're like you look back and you're you're super proud about it and you're like yes like that was a really like, that was a wonderful thing that that came together. There's so much. You know, definitely I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, but definitely the the hide and seek cover that oh, we did fantastic. was super, super fun. Um, I love the arrangement it's that crazy. Marwan did. Oh it my god, was genius. So good. <laughs> uh I also just think that whole thing is hilarious. Like hide and seek. <laughs> like what? I only heard that song because somebody requested it in my comments so i listened to it and i was like this is weird yeah <laughs> like, yeah straight this up sounds a little crazy but i was like okay maybe i'll sing that in the stairwell let's just try it you know it sounds kind of spooky and mm-hmm. i found that it was like such a great like acapella stairwell thing and i think a lot of my younger fans thought it was hilarious to <laughs> scare people with that and then we, that led to you know that collaboration and then the voice play collaboration was really cool i actually uh lane flew to nashville to film me because i was so early postpartum to do that and he wanted me to come to florida but i was like i am breastfeeding like i can't like i can't leave right now (laughs) so that was really really nice of him to come to me and make that happen and i just loved how both of those turned out and I feel like people might have been like, oh, my God, she did two covers with two different acapella groups of the same song. <laughs> but they were so drastically different yeah, in just every way that I was like, I'm proud of both of them. Like, I think they're both really epic and cool. Yeah. Uh, so those were awesome. I also got to sing on a little animated segment of an Italian film that... Oh is actually it's called tell it like a woman it actually is oscar nominated for one of the songs in there but i got to put my vocals over that for the animated segment and the composer actually wrote the score with my voice in mind taking inspiration from me singing in the stairwell because the producer like loved my stairwell singing so much and he's actually a friend of mine he's an italian producer and I just watching that, I actually just saw it for the first time a few months ago. Like I just watched it and it was just really surreal just watching this animated short with my voice over it. Just something that has always been a goal yeah. of mine. Just seeing that come to fruition was, was really amazing. And I know there's going to be so many more really proud moments to come. And a really proud moment for me was hitting a million subscribers on YouTube. That was really surreal, especially because when I started posting, I was told by a lot of people that it was going to be really hard for me to find success on YouTube because it was already established. People already had like their followings. People weren't, they're like, Oh, it's really hard to grow. Like you probably won't. And that's okay. (laughs) But like, you probably won't do well. And I'm like, okay. And I just kept posting, but I really didn't think too much into it. And just like that, hitting the million mark, which I would have never thought I would hit a million subscribers ever. And then getting my reward, the, the black yeah. email, and just holding it. <clears throat> I was like, this is really cool. That's so cool. 
it was really amazing. Yeah, a million, a million subs on YouTube is that's no joke. That's that's a major, major accomplishment. It, it's, I was it's like, your... I gotta pat myself on the back for this because I just yeah. don't think I fully like. I don't think I still fully comprehend like my social media platforms <laughs> and like <laughs> my growth, but I have a hard time like saying good job to myself. I don't know why I'm always like, oh, there's more I could be doing. Like, that's just my yeah. personality. Like, I don't really celebrate myself often in that sense. But sometimes, you, like I said, talking about it. Yeah. It makes yeah. me like sit back and be like, okay, like, no, you've, you've done well. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> we humans have the the ability to adapt super fast, especially mm-hmm. to things like numbers. Yes. When they get above a certain point, it's like. What's the difference between one million and two million? Yeah, a million is like such an enormous, like a million people, like yeah. that's crazy. But if you look at you know someone who has an account with seven million versus eight million, it right. doesn't seem like anything. It's a million right. people hitting a million um, on TikTok. I was like, oh my gosh, like that was like mind blowing to me. That happened during the pandemic, and then as grateful as I am to have grown to where I am on TikTok, it's still like, like said, you adapt to it. So you're like, okay, yeah. like 9 million. Okay. Like amazing, but yeah, almost 10 times as many. Yeah. But it's just like, Oh, <laughs> cool. But saying it, it's like, no, that is really, really, that's awesome. No matter what size you're following is the fact that people choose to follow you because they love what you do is really awesome. And it's worth celebrating. Is your YouTube mainly shorts based as well? Is that why people didn't think you would grow? It's funny because it started off. I would just post, they weren't like really long videos, but I was basically posting like longer versions of TikToks on YouTube. I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't. (laughs) (laughs) I just like that. That's kind of why I feel like I've been the way I am because I, I'm just getting by like I just post and it's just found success, but I feel like I'm just like getting by still not knowing what I'm doing. (laughs) But so that's how it started on YouTube. And then I started posting more full length, actually horizontal formatted videos on YouTube. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere still just on my phone. I still haven't graduated from that. Like nothing is edited with me. I literally post a video live. And that's just my life. And I mean, obviously when I like do collaborations and stuff, I like record. Stuff, yeah. But everything that I've filmed myself is just re- recorded live, no editing and post. Because I'm just like that. I'm like, let's just get it out there. Like, I don't care. Like raw, real. Yeah. Well, clearly it's on my phone. So I mean, like you're, it's already the, like looking a certain way. <laughs> the I mean, the return on your investment there is huge. If it's like you just shoot it and it's <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was when I did like a few months of TikToking and had a few kind of popular videos doing stairwell stuff, like basic or stairwell stuff. It was that it was literally shoot it on my iPhone, like just chop the beginning and end when I'm walking up to the camera and then post it. Right. (laughs) And it's like people I think can appreciate that to a certain extent. Like I still feel like, okay, now I need to kind of graduate and take things a little bit more seriously in the sense of investment in better equipment, mm-hmm. recording, better microphone, 
I have a better camera. I still haven't figured how to use it. So <laughs> we'll get there. But yeah. Like Bobby, like Bobby does very polished TikToks. Like yes, he Bobby is very polished. And people ask me it. to collaborate. Yeah, often. <laughs> and they're very polished. And I sometimes get embarrassed to even like talk about a collaboration because I'm like, you don't realize that I really don't edit anything. Like I record live and nothing is super polished with me i personally think you should do that as long as you possibly can. as long as i can right <laughs> yeah because yeah. as soon as you make the step up <clears throat> you're gonna feel like you have to do that. it for every video yeah you're right, gonna do right. it for every video and there is something kind of like it's kind of a novelty and um it's yeah it's, it's kind of a novelty to do something totally raw nowadays when yeah. something like tiktok was supposed to be just looking at your camera, singing yeah. along, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like a whole studio production just to get a right. TikTok up. Right. Lighting right. and recording and lip syncing and all this stuff. Like, I'm like, Bobby, you are hustling, my guy. And the TikTok sound great and they so look proud great. Of him. But I'm yeah. like, I would never spend more than five minutes on a TikTok. I could never yeah. do it. You know, those, mm -hmm. I, I think I did one or two like that, um, like collaboration ones. Like there was yeah. a, a Halo chain going along and so i jumped on that and had to mix it in with the first version and and it's like that took like two hours especially because TikTok's two hours all TikTok. about like yeah they want you to pump out content on yeah. tiktok and it's like if that video is taking that long like it, it, then you're burnt out and you can't it has to be your it has to be your life yeah exactly and then if you do post a video it takes a long time and it doesn't do well i'm like Right. that would just that would mm. just hurt but and i mean obviously that's gonna happen videos yeah, sometimes sure. don't do well for no apparent reason yep and the, <laughs> the funny thing is then you could post it at another time and it could pop off so it's like yeah. tiktok timing is, is part of it too but yeah, nobody yeah. really has figured out exactly exactly what the right. there's no like golden golden set rule no. or anything to TikTok. you just don't know when something's going to catch fire for sure you just don't know um so we're we're coming up pretty close on time um i'm gonna ask i'm gonna hit you with one more question yeah actually unrelated to music and then i'm gonna ask you a few questions from my patrons perfect um so first <laughs> so um nashville so you've been living in nashville for a while mm -hmm. do you love it are you there forever do you and your husband want to move somewhere else at some point Tell me about it. I actually, also, I did live in Nashville for a summer and did, did you? a little country music thing. One of my best <gasps> friends, George Washburn, is there. He's a phenomenal guitarist. Um, so I, Nashville does no have a place, a place in my heart. Yeah, <clears throat> That's amazing. Um, so I'm just coming up on my six-year anniversary here in Nashville. Moving here, I really didn't expect. I didn't know what I expected when I moved here. My husband went to Belmont for a couple years. He transferred to school there and so he finished and graduated there and then it was kind of just up in the air like was he going to get a job here where are we going to stay here where are we going to move somewhere else my family's in texas so that was always a possibility like oh Austin my god was always a possibility <laughs> half yeah. my half my my dad's side is all from texas and my mom's side is all from tennessee really Aww. no joke i love that <laughs> i'm actually from florida and my parents moved to texas in college and I went to college in Boston. So it's like, I feel like I'm from all over the yeah. place. Like part of, <laughs> part of my heart is in Texas. Part of it's here. Part of it's in Boston. 
and part of it's in Florida. But <laughs> as far as long term here, I honestly can see us being here long term. Mm. I love that music. There's so much music in Nashville. And surprisingly, yeah. I feel like a lot of people from California and New York and people that thought that they had to live, you know, in those places to do entertainment are actually moving to Nashville. Like a lot of people are moving to Nashville. Um, and there's a lot of connections here. A lot of the big agencies are here and recording labels. They all have offices here. And there's just, just so much music. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's it's beautiful. And I feel like it's a good place to raise our kids for now. I mean, there's a lot of... I loved it. I think I had a great... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's a great city. Everyone I know who lives there really enjoys it. You know, Tim Faust is there as well. I you know Tim Faust from Home Free. Yes. I didn't know he was here. That he is, is in really Nashville. Cool. Yeah. I actually just um so this podcast you'll be on in the in the interview series on YouTube. I started during the pandemic, mothballed it for like two years because mm -hmm. it was just another thing that I didn't have time for when I was editing all my own stuff, which I'm no longer yeah. editing. Um Good. <laughs> and so now I'm like relaunching it. And Tim was actually the first guest. So I chatted with Tim oh, cool. a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, he's been in Nashville for like nine years and we'll wow, be there I have to connect with so him. You should definitely yeah. connect with him. Yeah. That's great to know. Um, me, I have like the, this like adventurous spirit where I like don't like the idea of just living somewhere forever. Like yeah. just being like, oh, I'm going to be here forever. Like I would gladly move uh international <laughs> like if that's like a possibility with my husband's job in the future i would love to live internationally um i'm right there with you but like i honestly if he was like let's move to like if his job permitted if let's move to a different place for a year or a few months i'd be like okay sure but let's do it <laughs> yeah, like i'm not cool. really necessarily sold on one place forever but he did just get a um i wouldn't say it. i mean it is a new position he did get a new position and it kind of guarantees that we're going to be here for at least a few more years but honestly we'll probably end up making this home base and if we do decide to like travel or live places for a few months at a time i think we'll always ref like come back here nice. or Texas. Mm -hmm. I want to be near my parents, but we're trying to get them here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Very yeah. nice. Cool. All right. Let's move on to a few patron questions and comments. Yay, so this is from patrons. Fiona Jane Brown, who's a huge, huge fan of you and me and the bass gang. And she's, I was going to say, I feel like I know her. Yeah. She comments on everything. Online. She comments on everything. She's like, Fiona, she's in it. I love she's you. Like, yeah. You she's, oh, she's going to, oh, she's going to fangirl so hard. <laughs> she says, Lauren, you and your mom love singing. Did she sing to you when you were Piper's age? I was just, my mom wouldn't call herself a singer, but she has a lovely voice. Very okay. lovely. We've always sung together. My, my just life has just been full of music, whether it was her blasting different soundtracks and us dancing to it or us singing together. I was always surrounded by music. So I owe a lot of that, honestly, all of it to my family. Oh, that's, that's great. That's fun. I mean, that's that's really where it starts, right? As soon as you're, yeah. As soon as you get my mom's constantly like, you need to play music <clears> for <throat> Piper. You need to play her guitar <sighs> and ukulele and surround her with music. And 
I have, I've done that since she was born and that girl like is music obsessed. So it, it really does like, it does do yeah. something. That... Musical talent is often based on exposure mm-hmm. as a, as a young child and all the way that through. Makes so much sense. All right. Question two. This is also from Fiona Jane Brown. She had a couple questions. She says, what uh, favorite song have you yet to record? And who would your collaborator be? Collaborators be? Any big Um, songs you're like, I just, I wanted to record this one, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I feel like there's a lot, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of stuff I have to do. I feel like the main one that everyone's probably like, how have you not done a cover to that yet? Is My Heart Will Go On. Oh wow! Like I've yeah, done I like all of the like other type like hymn to the sea and rose, all of the other soundtracks that have no music to, or no lyrics to them. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done it. My heart will go on full cover. So definitely that. I am talking to uh, a couple people about doing a collaboration. Peter Holland and Cole Rowland. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but I know I know Peter for sure. Yeah. Peter and Cole is an amazing guitarist. Like he plays like incredible electric guitar. So I think we could do something really, really cool too. But it's, where's definitely Peter? my heart where's, was on. Where's Peter based? I think Peter's in Oregon. Okay. If I'm not he feel, he seems like an Oregon guy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know what that means. Do something but... online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Great, great. All right. This is from LKH. If you could have any other singer's voice, who would it be and why? Gosh. Uh I you know, it's funny because sometimes I'll like think about this question and I'll be like, if I could take this person's belt and this person's head voice (laughs) yeah and mash it up into one thing let's let's change i'm going to change the question a bit for functionality what if you could have someone else's voice for like a week just to play around with it oh my gosh so hard there's (laughs) so many voices i would love to play around with um i think if i could have like why just Celine Dion keeps coming to mind <laughs> okay she is just like quintessential powerhouse icon so I feel like she just like comes to mind like, the, the woman is just yeah no I know it's, once it's in a lifetime yeah whose who's voice do you want to feel because it's either like something like that kind of like the ultimate version of maybe someone similar to your voice type right yeah, or, or and it's funny because totally I'm going to like overthink this question later and I'm going to be like, what should I have said? And then it's just going to bother me. But I'm going to go with Celine Dion. Celine Dion, great. Amazing. Cool. Okay, and this is from Isaac. And this is this is, uh, this is is more of just a comment. Um, loved your duet with the Jada music uh, on yes, River Jada. Lullaby and mm-hmm. would love to see you do a Prince of Egypt cover with one of the acapella groups like Voice Play or the Bass Gang. Base gang, let's let's do it. All right. What are you waiting for? Prince of Egypt. <laughs> Marwan is the Prince of Egypt. So yes, this is up this is up to Marwan. Is. Literally an Egyptian. I would love to do that. <laughs> okay. I would love to. Jada is a great friend of mine and she introduced me to all things Prince of Egypt. She is like queen of that soundtrack. So awesome. I would love to do River Lullaby. Cool. Fantastic. 
All right, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, to everyone who is watching or listening, I hope you enjoyed. Hope you learned something about this wonderful human being I've had the pleasure of chatting with. Lauren, <laughs> thanks for coming on. And any final words to the audience? Go ahead. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And <laughs> final words is I hope you guys like <laughs> what I'm pumping out. Like, I hope that... Uh, you continue to enjoy my content and um, thank you for if I mean, if your lovely patrons and followers also follow me, thank you for the support. And um, let's, let's all collaborate again. Let's like I feel it. like everyone loves <clears throat> these collaborations. Yeah. They love crossovers. Crossover episodes are the best <laughs> of the best. Like nothing's better <laughs> than seeing two people that you follow or groups follow just join together. So, so true. All about it. All right, Laura. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Great chatting with you, and I will see you again soon. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.